Blog Talk Radio. Great night, a motivating night, an exciting night. It'll be sad. It'll be a sad night, too, uh, but it will wind up being with motivation. Whatever it is that you hear that is sad tonight, whatever you hear that really bothers you tonight, let it motivate you. Uh, we that that little dog is muted in the background. We're closing the door or something. Um, I'm Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story told on Marty Opie's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. And Tina Gertz is here hosting tonight. We've been working on a lot of these matters together. Tina, how are you tonight? And thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. We're we're the keyboard warriors back and forth with each other. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> you know, like multitasking. And let me tell you something. On uh, on Sunday night, I didn't do so well multitasking, but we got through it. We got through it. I was super tired and crispy. Um, probably most people that know me and listen to this show regularly know oh, something's a little off. The content was not. But I was a little off. <laughs> so thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for coming. And um, really appreciate it. Wait a minute. It is Tuesday night right now. Am I getting the nights right? Of course I am, right? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. That was a question, actually. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, tonight we happen to have, again, Kelly Baker with us. And tonight Kelly Baker is going to Hello. talk Hi, Kelly. Nice to have you here. Yes, nice to be here. Thank you. Um, you know, she's uh, put her heart and soul into her loved one's case. And um, and uh, and not only that, just what has happened in Oklahoma, what is happening in Oklahoma and, you know, to others. Because we all find out once we're in this place here somehow, right, what got us here that the, the the best thing that can ever happen to you, I know it sounds weird, is that you find out that you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not going crazy. This isn't just like the world coming down on you. It's, mm-hmm. it, they're coming down on whoever they can get away with coming down on, and it's not the world. It's certain people in public positions that commit public corruption and Nobody knows that better or, or who knows at least just as well as us as James Larrick, who is joining us tonight as well to, uh, to add to and, and, um, and content and confirm and uh, add so much credibility that we all have that we're here right now. But he is one of those that many of us really can't stand that are there in, in 
India. <laughs> we just don't like you. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. You're okay. You're okay. We'll save your life. So we've got James Larrick on with us tonight. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm always glad to be here. And we've been keyboard warriors too, haven't we? <laughs> it's, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's been just doing some really talking about life and, uh, and, and a lot of this stuff. Um, what motivates us? You know, like for some, it might be okay and is dead and maybe I'll never be gone, but, but, it, but it's motivated to try to help others from going through what, what we've gone through. And everybody's situation is different. Like um, I, I was on the phone with a whistleblower uh, um, from Calvin, Oklahoma, um, yesterday, last night, uh, and um, actually – and, you know, well, gosh darn, you know, just right after he had a lot of good things to say about, you know, something positive. I actually asked for something positive uh, the other night about Calvin, Oklahoma, because that has been this ongoing pursuit and, uh, and huge, huge bad stuff there on him for whistleblowing. You know, him and one other comes out of, comes out of the, and I'm not sure if it's okay to say his name, so if it is, let me know, and I'll say it. But it was James Street and one other that, you know, come out of a town meeting, and they, I got the call, and it's like, you would not believe what just happened. Well, <laughs> you know, it's something that can happen in something as simple as a town meeting can be absolutely devastating and just add to the insult of injury. Um, that somebody's already or others have already been experienced, experiencing. And that person is Stephen Burke, the producer of uh, this show for the radio station. Thank you, Stephen. He's been, you know, he's been there, a part of all this for a long, long time. And, uh, uh, he, I, you know, at first he, he heard all the terrible things that, you know, James Treat is a whistleblower, right? And then, you know, he thought he'd find out for himself, and they happen to both like cars. You know, and they got to know each other. It's like, wait a minute, none of this stuff is true. And just, it's all just, you know, how you can feel like the world once again is on your shoulders. Well, anyways, um, so of course, Stephen now gets, you know, threatened and has been, you know, harassed and, and whatnot. You know, James, he, he only had like his truck fire, you know, a few feet away from his, his head or a few yards, his trailer, you know, death threats and all kinds of crazy stuff, like when the police are called because somebody's there um, and they're sitting literally right across the street. They go off in an opposite direction. No joke. This really happens, okay? So another insult to injury is that um, that right in, there's a new attorney, new town attorney there, and, you know, they're good people. They just have the hope that this town attorney is going to do the right thing, you know, unlike the last ones and unlike the last and current chief of police. And, and, you know, the horrific crimes uh, upon the people in, in Calvin uh, by the board members there and by the mayor and whatnot. And, I mean, there's no um, alleged because it is. It is. So I, I just wish somebody would, like, take me up and try to sue me because that gives us a chance to show the truth, right? So please, please, please. So, um, you know, sue me for libel or something. But they don't. And why is that? Is because we're bringing forth the truth, people. Okay, that's why. Because if somebody's going to sue you, you've got to prove it's not it, that for libel. You've got to prove that that is not true. All right. So we're good. We're all good. So, anyways, they come out. 
they they against the Constitution. They they let something slide in and had a meeting that completely changed the nature of the care of property, people's property, and town property. Um, there was no post. There was nothing in 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 uh, the post office, the newspaper. There wasn't that two weeks notice. It's just like here, let's shove it in your face. Again, and we know this is going to hurt you more than anything because you have blah 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 blah, you know. So, so it doesn't just happen in wrongful convictions. It happens on municipal levels. It happens in various agencies in Oklahoma. It's kind of like I started with Tulsa County, and I'm going to circle back around to Tulsa County. Believe me, um, but we're here right now, and we're seeing this through. We're seeing the corruption from the Oklahoma Department of Corruption. (laughs) We're seeing it through. And guess what? That's an agency of the state of Oklahoma. But there's really bad things that happen in DHS. There's really bad things that happen in many agencies. Look at all the emollients there are, right? These are money-making profiteering, scamming, quite often, agencies, okay? We've got about, what, how many billion, $3 billion there's been that, that uh, the feds have now offered to a, a, a jail? What is that, Tina? To the Oklahoma County Jail. Yeah. Like, let's see who's bidding on it. Let's see who gets kicked back, Okay. And, and let's see what is really being done. Okay, so so I'm not an attorney. Tina's not an attorney. We are here to expose the truth. We are here to see to it that the people that are engaging in public corruption, and it's not everybody, and that's why we've got James Larrick here, and we have others here that are still in the beam too, showing us pictures. We've got audio. We've got video. We've got affidavits. And we're looking for more. We are definitely going to take more. But we're not going to wait. We're not going to wait around, you know, for, for people to say, oh, we go back in this session. Here, there, this is a public emergency, people. This is a public emergency. This is not something that you wait around for. In my opinion, it is a public emergency, okay? Um, I think that people who have loved ones on the inside would certainly say, given what we do know, it is a public emergency. Um, People are in there because they've committed crimes for the most part, and they're paying their sentence. And also there's another fraction of those people, and one person is too many. If they know that that person is innocent or over-sentenced, one person is too many, okay? But we know that there are much more than that when they are wrongfully convicted, and, and why? Because they did not allow for exculpatory evidence, because they denied due process, exculpatory evidence being something that would lend a hand or evidence goes to the defense to acquit or lessen a charge, okay? Um, so that's what exculpatory evidence is. If the jury doesn't hear about it, if the jury doesn't see it, they're going to rule based on what's in front of them. It's not the jury's fault. The jury isn't, isn't always, you know, packed and loaded and handpicked. It, it has to do much more so with 
the judge cooperating with, and the with the prosecutor and the and quite often these are cases with people that are in poverty and they have public defenders or or winds up in the in the hands of a public defender and they sit around and they know what they're going to do before you even enter that courtroom. We know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So no, we're not going to sit around and wait till till. Uh, until everybody's back in session, and until um, everything goes through the courts just right. But doggone it, we're going to be a big part of moving that right along. We're going to make that an emergency because why should we wait when we don't have to? So please do your part, everybody. Try not to be afraid. Send us what we need to help you. Um, We have enough actually now, but we want you to be a part of it because we think that that will help you. Uh, mm-hmm. more. Uh, what do you think, James? I think uh, the more people who speak up, uh, the better. I mean, it, the information needs to get out um, as to what's taking place in there and the conditions and uh, the entire veil that covers the DOC needs to be peeked behind and figure out what's going on within our prisons. Right. Yeah. And, and so we need, we do need reform. No, no doubt about that. But also, you know, we need to enforce the law as it is what's written or how about our constitution? I like that better as it is. We need to enforce that. So there's no excuse that Oklahoma's cash scrap. Okay. I heard that from a grand jury investigator a couple of weeks ago. And he was, he was great to talk with. He really was very pleasant, very polite, and I'm looking forward to speaking with him again, um, you know, at the AG's office. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's cash scrap, this is just what happens and everybody knows it. Well, and he also said if he had his way, nobody would have, you know, contraband, and that includes the corrections officers. Everybody knows that that this happens, he said. This is just this is just what happens. This is just what happens. You know what? So it needs to be the exception to the rule and needs to be controlled. Um, and uh, and so here we are. We're dealing with Comanche County and yet another wrongdoing. Now, was Essex uh, was was he um, that per Essex Wilson, that perfect person that I would never commit a crime? Um, no, he wasn't. Am I correct? Let's talk about your loved one. Yes. Um, let's talk about Essex. He he is now in which facility? And he was. He was actually charged, or no, uh, there was a filing for murder in the first degree in 2001. Murder in the first degree. And then it was changed to manslaughter in the first degree in 2004, January 27, 2004, I believe it is. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yep. He also had... Um, he also had a judge, uh, Judge Smith, and the district attorney was 
Fred Smith. I don't know. Is that a coincidence? Who knows? There's a lot of Smiths out there. Um, uh, It's a constant name, as well as McCall is, as well as Kenzie Dorfel is, um, and and some other bad actors. Um, With a lot of these cases that went wrong, that went bad um, in Comanche County. Over there, you know, at Lawton. The seat, uh, that Lawton is the county seat. Uh, so, had had Essex been in trouble before what he was incarcerated for? Yes, he got in trouble in 1989. Okay. But he didn't get back in trouble until 2001. And he really should have never been sent to prison, given 30 years. Okay. Because of so, how corrupt they are. All right. So let's talk about what was his alleged crime according to what he was sentenced for. Manslaughter in the first degree. He was given All right. 30 and what years. Is, so somebody died, and we feel bad about that, right? Right, of course. And I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not sugarcoating nothing, and, and my heart goes out to her family. Oh, and I'm not suggesting you are. I'm not suggesting, but they got the wrong person. Yes, yes, most definitely. And you just don't know how they are treated in Lawton Correctional Facility because it is a private prison. It's only contracted with DOC, and the conditions are horrendous. The, you know, the, the tiles are falling down. Uh, you know, it's constantly cold. They have to sleep in, in their um, sweatpants to stay warm. You know, um, right now they're on lockdown because of this COVID. And right. like, like I said the other night, you know, we can send them boxes for Christmas and for mm-hmm. summer because they're coming from Access Correction, which is a place that sends the boxes to the place. So why can't we go on Amazon and do the same thing and have them send masks and hand sanitizer, bleach, even if they could buy powder bleach, you know, because, not like I said, not everybody has somebody outside looking out for them. I mean, heck, if they can have food uh, or, I don't know, um, a substance delivered, that says not for human consumption, right? Right on the box. Right, right uh, on the box. That is not what they get fed. Um, they can't have uh, something sent from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, what, you're, you're feeding, and, and they're you're telling feeding. people, and they're telling people that they're getting masks, they're getting hand sanitizers, and they are not. It's being sent into the prison, but. They're not getting it, so where is it going? Right. Right. So so what do you think about these commercials, uh, these little things that they're putting out on the website, you know, uh, that are go to, go to uh, the loved ones on the outside, um, you know, with all these happy faces and uh, abundance of food and, and you know, uh, it's almost like you're at a resort. What, what do you think about that? I, I think it's – I think <laughs> – I'm gonna be nice. It, it's not right. It is not right. Because, you think like I said, if you don't have somebody putting money in your canteen, then who wants to eat 
something that's not made for human consumption, but it's made for inmate consumption. How can you cook beans for two hours and serve them? How can you give them green frozen bologna? Oh, Tina, Tina, do you have that information on that bologna that you pulled up the other day? I can get it. We'll we'll come back to that once you found it. Um, But let's talk about what happened, like what, uh, let's talk about his case a little bit, okay? I'd like to get into his case a little bit. And I know it's hard for you to talk about this because, he is not the one who belongs behind bars for 30 hours, right. 30 years. Um, right. But it's, it's important to, you know, draw the similarities in the, um, in the uh, incompetent uh, alleged investigation. And, uh, right. and, and, you know, it's, it's very important to do that. So let's well, talk about what events took place that they said that uh, he was a part of. Well, I guess him and the, the person got into an altercation. And I don't okay. agree with a man hitting a woman, but he just backhanded her. And he had a, you okay. know, a little bit of blood on his T-shirt. Well, he left. When he left, she was alive. He went to the club with his nephew. Not one person went to eat any of his nephews and asked him where was he at when this happened. They just so assumed how because her blood... It happened in January, I think it was 2001. Okay. And they kept setting it over and setting it over. Well, the, when finally when they came with a blind plea, he had to sign for it. And, and I don't know what a blind plea is. Would you like to explain that? A blind plea is an offer they give you. Either you take it or you don't. And do they know what that offer is in advance? No, they don't. That's why it's called a blind plea. And kind of the price is right. What's behind door number one, door number two, but there's never a, a good door, right? But um, but still, um, okay. So anytime... In the state of Oklahoma, that you have a violent crime, they have to advise you of the 85%, which was a state law that was passed in 1999. He was not advised of the 85%. So that is a discrepancy right there. But, of course, being in Comanche County, they're going to be like, oh, no, he's gone. It's, it's a okay, but let's with. go back before we even get more in depth than that. Let's go back to now. All right, so uh, to what kind of investigations were or weren't done, okay? And, again, I know that part's hard for you, all right? But, there um, was no investigation done. They, I mean, they drew up okay. the charges, you know, um, talked about the, the DNA that belonged to her, um, and that's basically what they went by. Right, because there was a drop of blood. He hit her, and as a result, something bled, right, on right, her, maybe right. her nose or something. Right. Okay. So um, so he deserved to have uh, domestic violence slammed on him. Exactly. Right? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. definitely deserved that. Um, 
and uh, and it's my understanding this uh, this person that he hit um, wrong. She was wrong, mm-hmm. and that she said that she's come out and said no, he didn't, or what, or or, or that what happened, or the witness said that it wasn't him. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's okay, correct. right. That is correct. All this. Okay. Yeah, right. That is correct. So, all right. And and was that after the the trial or was that during the trial? There 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 was no trial. It was during their so called investigation that they were doing. But right. when it came down to it, they never called any witnesses. So, mm-hmm. and and I'm just going to say this, even though I'm uh, talking about... We need to have, wherever that background noise is, we need to, we really need quiet. We don't want to miss one word. So whatever's going on in the background, we need to be a little quieter. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I know okay, I'm, I'm not sorry. Really producer. So... That's okay. Thank I've you. been watching First 48. Okay. First 48 has been doing a lot of cases out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I know Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Comanche County are two different counties, but they're in the same state. So how can one person, for manslaughter in the first degree, get 10 years, and my husband get 30 years for manslaughter in the first degree? What's wrong with this picture? What's wrong with this picture is Oklahoma is behind in the times. There is a lot of corruption, especially in the little bitty county. Little bitty counties, you're apt to get more time, be railroaded, than therefore being in like Oklahoma County, Tulsa County, you know, bigger counties. So, what's wrong with this picture? Right. Somebody. Now, when was it that there was the 85% rule? The law passed in 1999. 1999. Yes, okay. it's mandatory. And so he was after that. Right. And he should have been advised. And he wasn't. Okay. Okay, are you sure it passed in 1999 or actually was became a bill? It actually passed in 1999. I looked it up. Okay. Okay, okay. No, that's good. No, because somebody was messaging me uh, thinking that it was 2001, and no. uh, we can always confirm that while we're on. No, uh, while we're it on was together. 1999. Oh, okay. okay, thank you. Uh, all right. Um, so he took that blind plea. So right. as you had said earlier, so there was no opportunity for our trial because he was scared into it? I mean, why would he take a blind plea? Let's talk about this. When he knows that he didn't kill her. You know, I the only thing that I can really think of is because they give you so many chances to prepare yourself for trial or pre-trial or whatever the case may be, and they just kept coming, you know, and set it over and set it over. Well, finally, they got tired of setting it over. This is what you're gonna. This is what you're gonna sign for today, and be be on with your life. Yeah, and, you know, and I'll 30, tell you what. 
because I've heard it so many times, I could practically tell the story myself. Mm-hmm. It is because, because he initially was charged with murder one, mm-hmm. and they said, this is, I'm, this is my hypothesis, okay? Chime in for these others. So, so uh, that, that he was charged for murder one. This is, the, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of like, you know, when somebody asks for, uh, you know, an, an asking price on something, they, they up it, up it, up it, right? Thinking right. they'll come back down. Well, instead, they use this as a huge, huge fear tactic when it didn't necessarily even meet the prongs to call right. for a murder one. Okay, they mm-hmm. said it did, right, without an inve- at a proper investigation. And then they said, well, we're going to ask for life without parole. So you could wind right. up spending your whole life in prison. Right. So yeah, that, he was 30. You do not want to risk. That if I were you, I would take this. Does anybody agree with me here? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I've heard it a lot. Yeah, I uh, that was me hitting my one of my buttons on my phone. I'm sorry. Um, Don't worry about. But it. he was 38 years old. He's now 56. You know what? You know, on him. He's a He's a late learner. He shouldn't have been hitting a woman at 38 years old. But we're, but that can be forgiven. Right, of course. Obviously, he's not the man that's going to do that anymore. Okay? No. Oh, no. Uh, no. But uh, so what leads you to know that there was no investigation? What led me to know? Um, when he sent me the paperwork and talking to an attorney about it, and mm-hmm. that attorney told me that the most he should have gotten was 10 years. Okay. So. And that's, he did it. Yeah. So, so you know, how so, would this be dead? I mean, I mean, what led from a hit? Um, I mean, when was the last time that he was with her? Well, my, the, my, this, this is what I know. You know okay. how you you know you have a woman that you mess around with on the side. You know whenever whenever whatever whatever you're doing whatever you're doing it doesn't matter. But it Not doesn't matter <laughs> that this woman life shouldn't have been taken. Right, and he shouldn't have been accused of it. Right when but when when. So when was she found dead? I mean, did she die that when well, he hit her? Or... Okay. No, she. Um, whoever found her took her to the hospital. She lived for a little while, but she was a vegetable. What? Okay. So where was she found? Uh, and her, and again, and... this make anybody um, angry at your husband. I'm trying, oh, yeah. be, I mean, you know, we're here because, right, but I'm just want, I want people to hear, you know, what happened. Well, well his and, mother, and, her, her mother is very upset with his family for what he got accused of, not wanting no explanation, not trying to listen or even hear, but the the, the most important thing is it was not properly investigated. Right. So whatever reason. Lot, right. But there was um, 
there was, was a, there was interaction that took place and people saw him do it. So it was the first thing that they went for, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's not even, you know, like I said, when he left her, she was alive. He right. got mad, you know, and went and went to, you know, went to the club with his nephews and had a good time. And then next thing you know, he's on his way to jail. Not that same mm-hmm. day. It was maybe a few weeks later, but he right. still was arrested and charged because of the blood. Yeah. And what was her cause of death or what is stated as her cause of death? She was beaten to death with an ENJ bottle. With a what bottle? It's, it's an alcohol. It's a, it's called, uh, it's a brandy. Um, it's a, okay. kind of like a heavy bottle. Um, okay. And whoever did it took that bottle and beat her. That's horrible. It is. And, you know, and like my my heart was out to her family, you know, and it just, it, it, it upsets me because. And do you know how her can, family? No, I never knew her family. I, I didn't. Okay. But how can you, um, because somebody said he did it and run with it. In other words, it has to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, you know. You know and, and, now, was anybody with Essex after that? Can anybody attest to his whereabouts? Yeah, his nephews. Right. I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I know this. I, so I know I'm not, like, doubting you. I know this. But I just want our listeners to know right. this. And, and, and I, I mean, and, and, and I do, too. How he's being treated because everybody's right. wrapped up right now. But I also right. want to, you know, let people know that this is another wrongful conviction. Conviction, out of yes. Comanche, out of Comanche County. So, drag him in for domestic violence. Go ahead, go for it. How about it? Make him go through what he needs to go through. Um, but don't, but you know, but don't, you know, send him somewhere to get abused. Send him somewhere to get you know, his head on straight, right? Right, um, exactly. So, but, but the fact is uh, that um, um, that he was probably um, scared into taking that. More than, more than likely, more than likely, you know, um, you know, more than likely, but at the same time, excuse me, at the same time, it's got to stop. It's got to stop just filling these prisons up. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm innocent. I mean, and, and true, truth be told, majority of those people are innocent. Not all of them, but the majority of them, especially coming out of Comanche County and other counties because they don't, they're not big like Oklahoma City or like, like Tulsa or Dallas, Texas, or, you know what I mean? Los Angeles or Florida, you know what I mean? Right. They're just little bitty towns. And and I agree the feds need to come in and do something. 
something something's mm-hmm. got to be done. Right. So you're not even looking at the part of the wrongful conviction right now. You're looking reform. But I'm looking right now, uh, codified in 1999, Oklahoma lawmakers passed legislation which requires certain offenders to serve 85% of their sentences before they are eligible for parole. Right. Uh-huh. Most crimes on the 85% list are serious violent offenses, including rape, first-degree murder, and child abuse. However, also included are drugs. Okay, so it must be... Um, there must have been maybe a, 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 a modification or something about one um, because I got somebody's quoted that for me. But it mm-hmm. appears we'll have to, yeah, it appears as though that was the initial, uh, that was the first time it was codified. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And let me see. And that is in, uh, yep, that's part of the Oklahoma justice reform. Um, Interesting. Okay. Okay, so that would have been considered in that particular um, new law. It wasn't, you know, it was beyond a bill at that point. Okay, it was caught. All right. Well, thank you for that. That clears that up, I think. Very good. All right. Uh, all right, we'll we'll look into that some more because I just got mandate that a defendant had to be informed of the eighty five percent rule. Okay, okay. Well, the, yeah. Well, the fact is, the man, the, the the defendant is informed at this point, and that should get him out of prison. Right. <laughs> you know. It should, but um, you know. Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, you know, well, thank you for that. That must be torture. That must be absolute torture, knowing that, not to mention the wrongful conviction. Um, and so what has he done? What, 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 what has, has he done? done? What has he done since he has been in prison? Let's talk about his timeline, you know, where he started out, what he, what he did in there, his adjustments. Let's talk about his family on the outside. Let's talk about things that he has done to make himself better. You know, you know. Okay, like, well, we're talking about a pardon parole board. He has gotten his GED. Um, he buffs all the floors in the prison. Um, right. When you they have their oh, at that he's the one who does that three, four o'clock in the morning. Right. He's up. At three between three thirty and five thirty in the morning, and he does not get back to his cell until seven o'clock at night. You know he's tired. Um, he may or he may not call me. You know, depending because they are on lockdown. But I know for a fact people who have come from Geo, which is in Boca Raton, Florida, when they have their audits and they look at the prison and they tell him, you know, ask who does. Who who had, who does the floors? He buffs them, he strips them, he waxes them. You know, he does it all throughout the prison, and he so does it because find good floors. <laughs> and and that's what he wants to do when he comes home. He wants to start his own business. 
He's already drawn up the business proposal. Business plan. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've already checked into it. He's got to go to the Secretary of State to get an LLC. Um, but that's what he want. That's what he's, he's going to do when he comes home. He's open his own business, doing the same exact thing, because the floors look marvelous. I mean, they're they're beautifully done, um, and you know he's even tried to show other people how, and they can't do it as well as he does. So they tell him, no, no, we want you to do it because, you know, you're very patient. You take your time. If it's not done right, you'll do it all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes in, he does the case manager's office. He does um, the hallways. He goes to, um, he doesn't actually go, he goes in different pods and does the floors. You know, he's, you know, so that's, that's, he's got some kind of trust. Okay. Regardless, regardless of what he did to get in there. He's not that person anymore. Regardless of what he did and regardless of what he didn't do, too. Yeah, he's, he's a changed person. He, you know. So, so you actually go in to look up his docket, uh, you know, on the mm-hmm. OSN, on, on, the, on, the web, on the web page, right? Right. But, you know, this. Like uh, the other wrongful convictions, or, or most of them that we've been talking about, has, uh, has nothing that you can actually, like, uh, open up a PDF for, you mm-hmm. know. Um, uh, and now we know there was a blind plea, okay? Mm-hmm. We, we right. And we know that. Um, but that being said, this is very typical. Mm-hmm. It's very typical what you, what you see. Um, with matters like this that are shady at best. And, right. um, and you know, people just wonder, well, why? You know, why, mm-hmm. why, why, why do they want to put you in jail for longer? Doesn't it cost the, the state more money? Why do they want that? Well, yeah, it does. That's mm-hmm. why they're busting at the scenes now. That's why they're so over- overpopulated, you know, because first-time offenders. Like I said, what you and I talked about earlier, in November of last year, they let all them people out for misdemeanors, them crimes, property crimes, drug crimes, uh, were let go. They turned them from felonies to misdemeanors. But they are still sending people to prison Yes, for misdemeanor well, okay. charges. That was, that was all to make it look good. That would make yeah. him look good, in my personal opinion, okay? Right. Because right. they're doing exactly what they said they weren't going to do anymore, okay? Mm-hmm. That was all pretty on face, just like right. ODO 6 with the, um, with the frilly, uh, you know, there's been rumors going around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, right. That's desperation. That's mm-hmm. desperation. Tina and I both have people joining our groups or trying to join our groups. Um, that are saying like really super nasty things, and t- because we found out that they're who they are, and we're not letting them in. So instead, they're saying super nasty things to join, and they're not getting in. So you know what that is? I said Tina mm-hmm. showed me once. I said Tina, that's a great job. Good job. <laughs> why? Why is that a good job? Because they're scared. Because right. they want to taunt us. Right. Right, James. 
Right. Right. I mean, anything, anybody who says anything, you know, can expect retaliation in some form. Right. And, and like, um, a couple weeks ago, um, a gentleman was on here and he was talking about his wife and how, uh, every time he would call, um, she would get in trouble. And that, that's what I'm, you know, kind of leery of that, you know, because they don't care. They don't care. I mean, they feel like, but I mean, he's not saying anything. I'm not calling up there. I'm just really speaking. Um, I'm trying. I what I want. What I want is I want justice. I want justice. Period. That's what I want. And I'm not saying just for my husband, but I'm saying for other wrongful convictions mm-hmm. in the state of Oklahoma. When Kelly and I first talked, um, Kelly Kelly was she sounds like she was going to jump out of the phone. And say, let me help. Let me help. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm here. Um, I'm ready to go to work. Tell me what I, what can I do? Um, and we'll be having more of that conversation, by the way. Um, and now it's perfectly clear to me because that what you want to have done because you've been in there yourself for a very short period of time, and and because. You, you so you know firsthand what you saw, what you've experienced, yeah. and as well, you know what others. Being you're in these groups, you've seen it, um, and and there are, it, like I said before, many can tell the same story. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, thirty years, thirty years, and um, and somebody saw. And people saw him hit her. Um, nobody saw him beating her uh, to death. Right. Uh, and and if it was with a bottle, okay. So where's the where's the fingerprints? It, right, right. Right. Yeah. Right. You right. Know, I mean, knew what liquor it was in that bottle. So there's got to be a bottle, right? Where's the fingerprints? Right. Exactly. And he doesn't even drink alcohol. He drinks Bud Light. Beer, that's it. Right. He doesn't drink alcohol because he doesn't like how many feel. And he has other are the other eyewitnesses credible. Yeah. Right. But it never got that far. Because of the corruption, the wrongful conviction. You know, it's like, okay, we're gonna slap this on so and so. But we're gonna let so and so go. You know, for the same thing. I mean, do you guys think that they just want to? They want to make sure to, you know, put, you know, uh, it's in the news. You know, somebody has been beaten to death. Da da da. Okay, we got him. Who? You know, chest thumping. You know, boy, we got to keep him in office and everybody else. You know, part of this. What do you think? What What I think is, uh, it's all about that almighty dollar, and that county is poor. That county is always asking for money. Always. So, I mean, what do you mm-hmm. do? Um, some people just sit back and let, oh, well, you know, I'm, nothing's going to happen. No. We need to come together and let people know what is going on, how people are being treated. And we are. That's what you we know, are. and and I'm 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 praying every day and every night for that. 
and just does keep pray. Yeah, I mean, first, you know, you always have to put God first. You know, like I said the other, uh, Sunday night, God may close one door, but God will also open another door. But He, God will do it when it's time. Well, now it's time. It's time for them to be held accountable. You know, accountability is very important, as well as honesty and communication. But it needs to be addressed in a positive way, not a negative way. Well, well let's I, I come know that we want to help you solve this problem. You, you know, that's what Tina and my approaches have been, um, despite some of the, you know, stuff that you, you, you know, I mean, the, the approaches with the decision makers, with the, with the bill makers, are we want to help solve the problem, okay, and, and as, as it should be. Um, uh, so, but, but if they don't want to respond, if the OC doesn't want to respond, if they want to uh, act as though there isn't a problem or that there is um, the only way to solve that problem is to actually do something that's going to cause um, uh, more violence, as it's right. been proven to, I, I kind of think that, that, that that's a problem. <laughs> you know, so... so um, so I'll just read. I'm not going to tell you who this person is, but I'm just going to read. Uh, uh, Tanya, I have, this is from a legislator. Uh, Tanya, I called meetings between the governor's public safety staff, House Public Safety, and Department of Corrections Director. I have brought up these issues. I have been advised that these issues have been investigated and found not to be true. I will be happy to press issues, but I must have real verification and proof. It will take more than just reports. Okay? Did everybody hear that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Report. So, you know what I said? Uh, that was part of our conversation. But right from, right from there, I'm looking for the thread where I replied. Anyways, I said, I said, uh, I said deal. I'm looking for it right now. Um, I said deal. Um, forward to having a, uh, a, a, a conference with you. I'm just looking for it so I don't have to summarize uh, in, in about a week and a half so that we can, you know, Tina and I can, you know, organize a lot of the stuff that we already have. And uh, what day would be good for you? Do you think I heard back? No, of course not. Okay. Now, will I ask again? Yes, I will. Yes, I'll ask again. But if everybody, if anybody, you know, heard, and if you didn't, I'll put it out again. This an article that I put out, and it showed a lot of hypocrisy and contradiction with what the DOC is saying. It's going mm-hmm. to do, and what and what others are saying, it's not going to do. Okay, right. and that and so like 
for the DOC included um, Michael Carpenter. Now, what I made public is uh, about 15, 16 minutes of it, and he's the uh, chief of operations with DOC, mm-hmm. okay? Um, it, when it was brought up, and I'll post it again after the show if anybody wants. Uh, I'll just post the article again, uh, right, you know, right under um, that link or in the comments of the link or something. Y'all will see it in all the groups that you're in. But, but, but at two different times, at two different times, I explained the blood that would be shed if they went ahead with those bracelets on October 1st. And I, and I discussed the fact and the knowledge, James can confirm this, of course, from what he saw where he was, um, that a good deal of the contraband, the cell phones, come in from the staff. And they're ignoring that fact. They're ignoring it. And I asked him what he will do about it. At two different times, I brought that up. You'll hear it in the audio, summarizing. You will hear at two different times, he changed the subject and had to go. So, of course, the first time, I quickly got onto another subject because I wanted to keep it going. So, when this is huge, and so, of course, um, phone calls are made to the governor, to the attorney general's office, and, uh, and you know, talked about bloodshed. You have to pause this. You have to pause this. And thank God it yeah. was paused. We're all doing our part. Emily Barnes was out there like crazy. Tina was out yeah. there like crazy. Deborah Hampton Law Firm, Arthur Bean, um, you know, like crazy. Um, so we're all doing our part. Uh, but I'm not waiting a couple of years. I'm not waiting no. for everything to come back around because more people are going to die. More people are going to be beat up and raped. More people are going to be eating maggots. Um, more people are, you know, so we have to put a stop to it. Most definitely. Speaking of eating maggots, Tina. Please. Yes. The bologna. You hungry? No. I'm no. talking about maggots. I'm not. <laughs> but I did. We keep seeing that they are given one piece of bologna to eat with some mixed vegetables and a roll. So I decided to look up how many grams of protein are in a piece of bologna. There is 4.3 grams of protein. And mm-hmm. then I looked up how much protein a grown person should have every day. And it's approximately 56 grams per day that a man should have. So they are definitely not getting the nutritional value that DOC says they're getting. Unless you add in the roaches and maggots. 
and then they're okay. not cutting this grass. And then Do they're what? surrounded by COVID. They're not getting the sun. Uh, they're surrounded by COVID, black mold, sitting water. Am I right, James? Yeah, there's a lot of mold, um, particularly in A&R. Yeah. Um, the yard uh, is not as bad with the mold because they do have uh, inmates out cleaning um, somewhat. And, uh, you know, the yard is, is, is different, but A&R is covered up in mold, particularly Black mold. one too. Black mold, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's water. I mean, there's sitting water, you know. Yeah. Uh, they used to serve food down there, and but those offices are all locked up and closed and, you know, rusted out and roof falling in and mold everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they paint over it, you know, for inspection. You know, because they're notified when it's coming. And they'll paint over the rust and try to cover up the mold and just come try back there. But it's 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 pretty nasty, and the food's really nasty. You know, in the yard, they have commissary. Um, if the inmate has somebody putting money in their account, um, the yard tries not to eat the food unless they have to. But A&R has no choice. And I've seen people, you know, um, when they're serving trays, uh, sometimes the food will stick to the bottom of a tray and fall on the floor. I've seen people beat up (laughs) over a biscuit. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. there was a guy that was killed in A&R for cutting in line. They used to let him out. Um, by the rung, uh, the top and bottom, which means you have about 12 sales getting out and getting in line to get the food. I think they've been they've changed the policy, but he tried to get back in line, and somebody threw him over the rail, and uh, he was he was flown out by a medevac helicopter, but later died, landed on his head on the concrete for cutting in oh. line. Oh, so. Uh, yeah, but the food is it's it's the kitchen's nasty. Would I mean, what would you say the calories are? You, you know, do you think they're getting enough calories, even if it doesn't taste good? Um, no, it's not sanitary. We got that. Yeah, um, you know, it depends on who's in the kitchen uh, and how what they're actually putting in it. Like sometimes they eat a lot of oatmeal in in the morning. I mean, it's like oatmeal every day. Um. Sometimes it's just kind of clumpy and lumpy and nasty looking. And then sometimes there's somebody in the kitchen that will throw some sugar in it. Uh, It's just, you know, it's pretty inconsistent just depending on who's working and if they even care, you know, what's coming out. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the food, food, and I can only speak for, you know, Lark, Lexington Assessment and Reception Assessment and Reception Center, but the the food, you know, is is pretty inconsistent and very poor. Mm-hmm. The meat, the mystery meats, you know, what is it? Right. You know. Right. And a lot of times they'll just look at it and go, I don't know what it is. Is it bologna? Is it turkey? Is it what you know? Is is that meat? 
Right. Right. And rarely do right. you get, you know, anything like chicken or it, it's, it's, you know, anything coming it out is, of the kitchen. I'm not is for nasty. human consumption, is what it says. It does say that on some boxes, yeah. Right. Right. So, um, and I, I don't and, know where they buy it. But, and a weird color to it. You know, not a good color yeah. for meat when it starts to look a little greenish. You know, and, and I understand that, and, you know, and I'm looking right now, you know, at dashharbor.edu, which is actually a great article on uh, prison food law. Yeah, it's a very long article. Um, and... Uh, and I'm reading. Um, this is good. I will I will share this. But uh, I'm reading uh, what the certain standards are, um, and, and aren't. And it's so long that I won't be able to pull all of the information and summarize it um, uh, tonight on on the show. But but I am seeing that. Um, let me see. I'm uh, that. Uh, there's arguments over, you know, what they're what they consider to be, you know, sustainable or not. But it but it does say uh, under current standards, sanitation on nutrition cannot be held to unlawful under the Eighth Amendment unless two tests are met. First, the conditions must be objectively cruel and unusual, defined as violating contemporary standards of decency. All right, and of course, there's links to this. A second, a, sub, a subjective test is applied looking into the minds of the prison administrators. Since only cruel and unusual punishment is unconstitutional, the court reasoned that only those with conditions that are known to be re- to those responsible would be unlawful. Hmm. The precise standard is that inmates must prove prison officials were quote, deliberately indifferent, unquote, to the specific problem in the case, uh, and both tests must be met before any conditions will be found to violate the Eighth Amendment. Uh, I believe this is the most current, but the second is uh, uh, prisons are occasionally regulated by general food laws that apply to any places where food is served. Okay, so there's definitely sharing opinions on this. Rhode Island has general law applying to all places where food is processed or stored that requires that a manager be certified in food safety and applies to local prison systems as well. Um, similarly, when the prison has had uh, illness outbreaks uh, as did two years ago, state inspectors came to investigate as they would anywhere else. Um, so, okay, we could go on and on. So I think it would be really important, which I have not done yet. I need to apologize for that. But if somebody wants to get on that, um, you know, at some point, and I certainly can, uh, but to find out, because we do complain a lot about the food, right? So we need to know what the standards are in Oklahoma for that, okay? And what does need to bring be brought to, to, the, uh, to your representatives there. You know, so so that would be important because we can sit and complain about uh, school starts too early, right, or or it goes too late, 
or the work is too hard, but it doesn't mean that that uh, you get away with not doing it if you don't, then you fail, right? Um, and, and I'm not by any means, way, shape, or form making light of this at all, okay? But I think it would be really good uh, for us to understand what Oklahoma says, uh, what their standards are, and, and go from there. Now, are they violating those standards? If they are, then it's about accountability. If the standards are up to a discretion of the administrators of the prison, then that is something that needs to be addressed and, and changed uh, in, in, uh, in Oklahoma law. What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, it, it's good. it just gets into a gray area of, you know, how to prove it. Um, it would have to be a random inspection that they didn't know was coming. Um, right. And, you know, because they, they have a way of, you know, cleaning it up when they right. know somebody's going to come take a look. Well, but what we do know is that commercial that they put out with all that good-looking food, right? Oh, my God. No, that was total bogus. I, I don't know where that was. Um, it definitely wasn't Lark. It was in a you know another fun, <laughs> another funny thing. Uh, funny thing about Lark is the entire yard is covered up with skunks. They really? they like live inside the prison. <laughs> no way. Yeah, you know, there's occasionally you know an inmate will come in and has been sprayed on his way to or from a building. Um, I mean, I've almost got it several times just walking because they're everywhere. They come out at night, and they get into the trash that just kind of sits on the ground, and uh, they live there. Skunks, lots of them. Oh, my gosh. They don't mind it, do they? Uh, the, the skunks, you know, they live in the storm drains. Um, and it's just kind of a, a known thing, you know, when you go out at night or go in between buildings, you know, watch out for the skunks. Right. It's kind of funny, but uh, unique. Yeah, I guess it's. You know, no, I guess the coyotes can't get inside the fence to get them. <laughs> oh, boy, it must be frustrating for them, too. <laughs> right. All those delicious skunks in there, and they can't get in. <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe, oh, uh-oh, I'm afraid now. Are they feeding them skunk? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard. I've I don't think they catch them. Nobody wants to I get near them. But oh my gosh, nine one seven three eight eight four five two zero. Nine one seven three eight eight four five two zero. In case anybody wants to call in, I didn't really put that out. Um, but nine one seven three eight four five two zero, and then press number one, and uh, Marty Oakley uh, can uh, can put you in uh, queue if. Uh, let me see if she's active. Are you active right now, Marty? Marty. Well, if you want to try and, uh, to call in anyways, 917-388-20. Hope we didn't put her to sleep. <laughs> um, Tina, are you getting any messages over there? I am not, but I'd okay. be happy to take some if anybody's got any. Okay. 
All right. Uh, let me see. I see Tina is uh, that uh, Emily Barnes is active there. Are they giving write-ups for refusing to take these monitors? Um, okay. Well, the monitors, the nice thing is the monitors are not happening right now, people. They're not happening. Uh, but the point is to um, make sure that um, if they happen, nobody's promoting illegal anything going on in the prison. But it needs to be, there needs to be, um, there needs to be accountability for when, if the inmates have a complaint, you know, if the offenders have a complaint, that they don't have to fear retaliation and being killed, okay? Um, there needs to be some kind of method of um, anonymous um, reporting, but then how can you do that? Because then that would mean that's a, that's a tough spot. So I, I still stand by, I believe, that there needs to be better cameras and that there and that um, you need to have total searches you, you, that you need to have the standards set for the COs because they're coming in through other staff. A good deal of them are anyway. Yeah, I think I mentioned before uh, they found one source was uh, laundry. Um, somebody working in the, the laundry would bring the laundry from unit seven down the hill, which goes through the parking lot would unload a trunk of somebody's car into the laundry basket, take them into the laundry and then distribute through the laundry to all the units. And they just happened to somebody in the tower saw the person go to the car and put something into the laundry basket. And, uh, but it was an employee employee's car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that was one source, and then there was another guy bringing them in in a Pringles can, an officer. Mm-hmm. The Pringles cans are lined with foil, so when they go through the X-ray machine, couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. And the, the top of the can is clear, and they would have chips showing through the top of the can, but the bottom of it was filled with tobacco and cell phones. And that was just a tip, or they wouldn't have caught him. He'd been doing it apparently for a while. Right. And was, tur- and, and, and was turned in by somebody. Who gets in trouble? Um, he does. You know, he'll be charged with a felony. The officer will. Oh, and so why do you think he was caught, though? Uh, he was turned in. From what I understand, it was a relative that works in the system. Okay. Okay, that's right. That's right. Tipped him off. Tip tipped him off. And so they were waiting for him when he came in. When does that happen? That was uh while I was there. Um so two thousand sixteen. Same same year the laundry thing happened. And that's just two of the sources that they found. One with the tip off and I'm sorry? How much do you think the wardens have to do with this? Well, there was a new warden um, 
who had come on, and I think there's another new one there uh, now. Um, it really gets, you know, there's a chief of security um, that it ha- is more directly in line with it. Uh, the warden stays in the office most of the time. Um, the warden that replaced the warden that was there uh, would actually go on the yard without announcing that he was going on the yard first. The other warden would announce a couple of days before so they could clean up and make everything nice, and then he'd walk around with a group of people and do inspections. Um, but the warden that replaced him, you know, at least uh, would go out on the yard by himself and look around without announcing that he was coming. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure the warden has enough hands-on. Uh, it would be right. more the chief of security, number two in command. Okay. That would be respons- responsible for that. Okay. And then he was – he, when the video came out that I had done, he was asked to resign, I think, and moved on. And from what I understand, he went to another prison, state-run prison, and then uh, resigned from that one as well. Or was asked to. I don't know. Mm. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, security, you know, half the time when officers were going through shift change, there wasn't even anybody at the gate um, checking. Mm-hmm. You know, you just walk straight through. Something that now, they can count on doing. <laughs> right. So from what I, what I understand, uh, you know, they have made some improvements. Because um, the feds did come in on that case. Okay. And uh, they've added a bunch of cameras, I think, from what I'm told. What can only help? No, I don't know. But, you know, it, it can't hurt. Yeah, you, you know the the thing is, you know, um, and we're still hearing all of these horrible stories. You know, obviously not only about the wrongful convictions, but about, you know, uh, the prison conditions. But this is before, and the abuse, and this is before mm-hmm. COVID was oh, yeah. in the forefront. So, so Kelly, you know, what more on yeah. that? Well, I'm going to oh. say this. Um, about, they always give you a warning, Um they're coming to do an audit. And that means you have to clean doorknobs, you have to paint, you have to scrape, you have to do all this stuff so it looks good. Buff the floors, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you stay up all night doing um, things. And you do or they just, no, we'll put some paint on it. You know, don't scrape the old paint. Don't get rid of black mold. Just paint over it. Right. You know, and... It just it, it it makes me sick to my stomach I, because so so I mean the benefit is if they were actually doing it right then yeah at least I think it's once a year is what's mandated maybe it's twice um, mm-hmm. then it would be cleaned up if it was done right but there's right. there's nothing about this because it's just a cover up and this is just it that's it, it and that's why. That, 
they have to go because so many people died in their sleep. They didn't know they were dead. Didn't know they had passed away. Didn't know they were sick, whatever the case may be. So now they have to go around every 30 minutes. They're supposed to be going every 30 minutes, flashing the light, you know, see if the person's breathing, or whatever the case may be. Flesh and movement. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who didn't hear when you were on, James, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, um, what you had recorded, and it's on, um, and it's on YouTube, and it's got a ton of hits. Um, and I actually mm-hmm. shared that. I shared that in the article. I think I did. Um, uh, that uh, can you explain how they're joking around about dead bodies? Well, there was a young man. Um, he had only been there for like 48 hours. And uh, he was found uh, hanging um, on shift change around 6 in the morning. And his body was already stiff. And, uh, you know, they just made the comment of, you know, you guys need to do your checks. You know, this guy's in there dead and stiff already. So, you know, rigor mortis doesn't set in quickly. You know, it's going to take three or four hours. And on an overnight shift, there's supposed to be an hourly check just to make sure, you know, nothing like that happens. But apparently, you know, the checks weren't happening. And they were just really more concerned with them getting in trouble for not doing their checks than, you know, this young kid that was... The, yeah, a young kid found hanging and already getting stiff. Right. It's it's really um, it's really it, it's pretty sickening to listen and to how they were joking about that. Like, come on, at least you know, so that you know, at least check enough so that the, the body wouldn't get stiff. You know what I mean? Who cares if he did it? But basically, you know, it's um. Right. It's right. Barbaric, absolutely barbaric. And then there, there was a guy commenting on seizures. You know, saying just pinch the mf and, you know, see if he's faking. You know, just reach yeah. in there and pinch him. You know, and laughing about it. You know, that's not the policy. <laughs> right. right. You, you, call for a, yeah. you call for a medical response. It's not your job to say whether he's having a real seizure or not. Right. You know, get on the radio. And that's why when, when they do fire drills... They make people who have seizures go outside first because those alarms can make them have a seizure. Right. I mean, there are because people legitimately having seizures because, like I was saying, mm-hmm. they put uh, drug addicts and alcoholics in there, and they're going cold turkey over, right. you know, probably a lifetime of drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're, they really do have people falling out, and it's real deal. Yeah. And you just got to, you know, your job is to just get a medical response down there, get a nurse down there. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's having, if he's faking it, he'll get back in medical and he'll be fine in a little while and send him back. Yeah, because if they were a nurse, a, a nurse uh, or a medical doctor, they'd be making a little bit more money. You know what I mean? Uh, so they're not qualified right. to decide that. That is not their place to diagnose right. or, 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 you know, it's. So that's uh, uh, somebody had asked a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, gee, can my son 
uh, have a, a, a mental evaluation. He wants a mental evaluation. They told him no, um, that they don't give those. So he go right on the website. You know, their website says every prison has this available. So, you know, it really is, like, right, Tina, what Oscar, uh, Ricky Oscar Williams was saying when he was back on again, the squeaky wheel right. gets the grease. It's the yes. squeaky wheel gets the grease. And, and actually those are the ones, according to him, that he saw year after year after year are the ones that got sent home because they were just causing too much trouble, you know, standing up for their rights, okay? What are we hearing right now, people? Now, on the other end of it, of course, you could be facing retaliation, okay? But we're out here. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but we are out here. This is so public now with all of us collaboratively coming together on it. Um, Any little thing that happens, one would like to believe, one would think, is going to be front and center. Strike while the iron is hot. Right. I agree. Now's the time. They can't get everybody. Yeah. So um, yeah, and 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 at this point, um, it's a matter of us organizing what we do have and going forward with it, uh, because there is enough. Um, you know. But I always think there's never enough because I want to really shut it down their throat in a really nice way. You know what I mean? I don't mean it in a bad way, right. but I want it to be like, you know, this is exactly what you're trying to tell us isn't happening. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, so this is just, and now it's a matter of, of Tina and I putting all that together and, yeah. uh, and, uh, doing something with it because I'm I'm not interested in waiting around a few years and I don't think other people are too and it could really help move uh, the action forward that's taking place on the uh, you know on the on the uh, on the end of the court you know so it's a, a absolute collaborative effort but we need that information so that being said um, I did draft up an uh, outline for an affidavit. It may not be an attorney. It's just an outline with ideas that people can plug in their information on where their constitutional rights are being deprived, the inmates' constitutional rights, okay? Um, so you have to know what they are, okay? And you have to cite where they are being deprived. And you input it in that little affidavit there, and then you sign you know, to the best of my belief, under the pain of pain, under the penalty of pain, surgery, law, I'm telling the truth, da, 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 all that, all that stuff, and you sign yeah. it. Yeah. And then, so please contact Tina about that if you haven't already, and that is okincarcerated at yahoo.com. Okincarcerated at yahoo.com. Uh, yeah, I'd like to. Say something. Yeah. Before we get off Please. the air, let's vote, guys. Let's vote. You know, let's vote. You know, let's try to get this 805 passed. You know what I mean? Let's let's vote. Let's vote. Let's try to get the legislators out. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need. Well, the, the legislators. Yeah, people aren't doing anything. I mean, I 
I have mixed feelings on that because I've seen a lot of upsides on that, and I've also seen downsides on that. And so I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, give my uh, opinion on that because right. you're you're fighting for your loved one. I, I believe right. that, that, that my personal belief is that um, anybody who is uh, uh, in the public, uh, you know, who the public seat is the yeah. paper appointed. Uh, or voted in uh, in any way, shape, or form that um, that is part of any kind of malfeasance, and that includes darn it, turning your back. Okay, uh, that includes mm-hmm. turning your back. You know it is going on. If you see that somebody's constitutional rights are being deprived, especially if they're being beaten and abused, if you know that they they are being withheld for no reason at all because they're innocent, you are part of that. Oh my goodness gracious. You know, that, that's the stuff, you know, that needs to be held accountable because what good are, is any law going to do if they're not enforcing it, all right? What, what good is that going to do? Um, and, yeah, there needs to be reform. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I will give a little bit of an opinion. I don't think anybody should just be blessedly let out. I mean, that's happened in, in uh, New York, and it's horrific. People get murdered the next day. I think it's a case-by-case thing. That's my personal opinion. Um, there, there needs to be more of an understanding of the history and this and that. And maybe it's laid out in that bill, but I've seen a lot of stuff on it, and, and I think there's got to be some reason, you know, reason, reasoning with being able to serve both purposes, you know? Tina, Tina, what do you think about that? James, what do you think about that? Because that's a tough one. It is. Um, you know, Oklahoma got into uh, their mess um, with harsh sentencing, and they had a, a policy called zero tolerance in place. And uh, their first remedy in almost every case was to uh, incarcerate. And, you know, our prisons were just overfilled and kept building new prisons and putting more people in. And, you know, it wasn't addressing the situation. Um, 805 is, you know, again, to me, just a small drop um, in the bucket of, but we still have a really high incarceration rates per capita, you know, number one in the nation in women incarcerated. That's, you know, and we're not that big a state but we just can't keep locking people up with long sentences on crimes that uh, are not fitting. There needs to be more of a review. They need to go back and look at a lot of these cases. There there was a, a man in there that did 17 years, um, showed me his docket. He finally got uh, somebody to look at it, and they dismissed his charges after they – Locked him up for 17 years, oh. and it was a it was a a case down in um, southeastern Oklahoma where he was set up by a crooked officer that uh, was jealous over a girl that he was dating, yep. and he had a propane can. He was camping in the back of his truck, and the officer wrote him up for manufacturing meth because of that propane canister, oh, and that was the only evidence. That was the only evidence used against him, and he did 17 years before they finally looked at it and dismissed the charges. 
And see, there lies the problem. There lies the problem. They're not, they're not um, monitoring themselves um, fairly. Um, you know, they cannot be the judge and jury when they've been accused of committing the crimes. And when we know they are committing the crimes and they know uh, that crimes are being committed by them, those that are. Um, you know, so that's, that's a huge problem. Nobody should be sitting in jail for 25 years for stealing a car for the first mm-hmm. time. Right. Well, there's that, okay, nobody should be going to jail because they're addicted, okay? Nobody should be going to jail for having small amounts of certain drugs on them, okay? They need to be held accountable. We need to make sure it doesn't turn into bigger or worse, you know, constant thing. Um, so I, I imagine that there is, you know, like I said, you know, reform uh, is needed, uh, and you know, uh, I'm all I'm all for uh, for reform, and I'm all for accountability. Um, so you know, vote we whatever need way. Conviction integrity in it. Case review. Yeah. Need, yeah. Absolutely. You know, they need to go absolutely. back and look at some of these cases and uh, look at the individuals and have a better system of. Uh, Cleaning up messes that may have slipped through the cracks um, with Stop weak cases. Stop the trial. Right. right. I, you know, it's uh, not over on, just oh, after they're sentenced. I hate to do this, there, but we are wrapping up. Um, we're going to continue this. It's just 90 minutes tonight. Wow, this flew. What's wrong with me? I should have asked for two hours. Um, Kelly Baker, thank you so much for coming You're very on. You're welcome. Uh, we have, Anytime. We have Anytime. We have not heard the last from you. Uh, James no, Laird. you haven't. Oh, good. <laughs> James Laird, thank you so much. Um, looking forward to hearing a lot more from you. Tina, thank you for being on here with us as well. Um, the thank fight you. for justice against corruption is never easy and never will be. It is not just hole in ourselves and our families, our friends, and especially our children. And in my case, according to Frank Serpico, the price we pay is well worth holding on to our dignity. I'm Tanya Hathaway, along with Tina Gertz, your host tonight for Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. God bless everybody. Good night, and please tune in on Sunday. Keep an eye. Good night.